0: This is Mutual. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. How
1: do I... I'll skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All all right, everybody. Into the time machine. Hey.
2: Yes, can't wait can't wait a minute. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like
3: this
4: and kill
5: the organist. And you see, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the old-time radio essentials podcast.
6: Hi everybody, welcome to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, I must inform you that this is episode 16, our back to school special. My name is Pete. This is Dave. And I'm Paul. For this episode, we welcome, as our guest co-host, Essential listener, Kelly. Everybody say
4: hi,
7: hi, Kelly. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Welcome aboard.
6: (laughs) Kelly, what can you tell us about yourself? Oh, no snorting.
7: Oh no. We're not- <laughs> no, that's not going to work. That's you, a- can you can snort all you want. It's okay. Okay. Uh, we don't
6: discriminate.
7: Hi guys. I'm Kelly. Uh, as you just introduced um, a little bit about myself, old time, <laughs> old time radio came into my life through David, who you guys call Dave, who is uh, my sweetie. Um, he's the one who introduced me to old time radio and I got to be honest, for a long time, it didn't take until uh, this winter, I slipped on the ice and fell and uh, gave myself a TBI and was off screens, was off books, was off all of my normal stuff for what felt like three years and was actually more like a month, and during that time, David was like, oh, I think you'd like this radio show, Our Miss Brooks, and we must have listened to 30 episodes in two weeks. Uh, and I sort of fell in love, like really fell in love with Eve Arden and the writing. And I mean, I should just save all this for after we're done talking, but yeah, that's sort of my, my entryway into old time radio.
6: Well, good. Well, everybody comes into it at a different point in their lives. Uh, I, I, I started listening when I was a little kid. I think Paul, uh, probably did too. He, he, and then really got into it later when cassettes were coming around and you could buy a cassette, at uh, the Cracker Barrel, you know, and and yeah. bookstores, <laughs> and things like that. Course,
5: and when uh, I was a kid, Dave, it was, we know, called radio.
6: Would... <laughs> it wasn't old time radio when I listened to it. <laughs> and of course, Dave, we know he he would uh, get the records from the library and and uh, scratch them up so nobody else could listen to them when he took them back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, well, <laughs> that's great. We're glad you're here. We're very glad you're here, and we're, we're glad that you've joined us for this episode. Since you do love uh, our Miss Brooks, and that's uh-huh. and um, we'll get more. We'll tell more about the episode
5: as we go on. Paul, the purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or As one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss, either in person
8: or on social media. We'll open each episode by introducing the selection, describing it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end and discuss it at length, each of us giving their opinions on its merit, its performances, or anything that stands out for us.
6: And that's exactly what we're presenting to you, just our opinions on whether or not it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us, and in fact, we may not agree with each other, but we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more.
5: Each of us three, this time four. We'll take turns selecting a show for discussion. Last month's choice was mine, and that was an episode of The Shadow, Gang Doctor, just in case you missed it. This month, it's back to Dave for his choice. Uh, Actually, I think it's
8: both Dave and Kelly's choice. So, what do you have for us, you two? Tonight, as befits our back-to-school special, we're bringing an episode of that hit comedy radio series, Our Miss Brooks. This one's called School on Saturday, from 1950. Our Miss Brooks was an American sitcom. It began as a radio show broadcast on CBS from 1948 to 1957. When the show was adapted to television, 1952 to 56, it became one of the medium's earliest hits. In 1956, the sitcom was adapted for the big screen in the film of the same name. Our Miss Brooks was one of the earliest pop culture depictions of a smart, competent, working-class woman. During its run on radio and television, Eve Arden was lauded for humanizing the American teacher, and was even made an honorary member of the National Education Association, one of the largest labor unions in the U.S. Our Miss Brooks starred Eve Arden as sardonic high school teacher
5: Connie Brooks, supported by brilliant comic character actor Gail Gordon as the principal, and eventual cinematic leading man Jeff Chandler as her reluctant love interest and fellow teacher Miss Boynton. Mr. Boynton. Did I just say Miss Boynton? Mr. Boynton.
7: (laughs) That would have been really groundbreaking.
5: (laughs) That really would have been. Arden had already made her name as a supporting actress in such dramatic films as Mildred Pierce and the Marx Brothers comedy At the Circus. And so, without further delay, we present School on Saturday from January 20th, 1950, and Our Miss Brooks.
7: And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable, and listen.
0: Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. (laughs)
1: once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks, written by Al Lewis. Well, many of the nation's schools commence a new semester on Monday, and Madison High School, where Our Miss Brooks teaches English, is one of them. Although the others usually dispense with classes on the last day or two of the old term, Madison did not.
9: No, indeed. Our beloved principal, Osgood Conklin, saw to that. In fact, he was quite chagrined when a cloudburst last Friday kept almost all of the student body at home. Even members of the faculty didn't get down, except a handful of teachers, me. (laughs) Since Mr. Conklin didn't show up until quite late, I took it upon myself to dismiss the few soaked pupils who were floating around the halls. Saturday morning at
10: breakfast, I discussed the situation with my landlady. And what did Mr. Conklin say when you told him you had canceled school for the day, Connie?
9: He didn't say a word, Mrs. Davis, until he came down off the ceiling.
4: (laughs) Then he
9: accused me of usurping his function as a principal and throwing a monkey wrench into his plan for getting the jump on the other schools.
10: What sort of plan did he have, Connie?
9: Well, he felt that schedules should be revised and classes assigned before the first day of the new semester.
10: Hence, we have all been invited to appear at school today. But this is Saturday, Connie. Mr. Conklin hasn't the authority to make anybody come to school. He doesn't
9: make anybody come. He's put it on a voluntary basis. For both the student body and the faculty, it's strictly optional. Really? Of course. Come or die.
10: <laughs> I can't understand some of you teachers, Connie. Why do you let Mr. Conklin drive you this way? What are you all? A bunch of, of geese? I don't know about the others, but don't be surprised if some morning you find a feather
9: by my empty bed. LAUGHTER you see, Mrs. Davis, I've been in so much trouble with Mr. Conklin during the past term, I don't dare start the new one off on the wrong foot. Oh, that's probably Walter Denton he's giving down to school. Come in, Walter.
10: It certainly is nice of Walter to call for you this morning. Yes, it is, considering that I made
9: it quite clear to him that his driving me was strictly optional. Really? Of course. Be here or flunk. <laughs>
2: Hi, Mrs. Davis. And to you, most revered and admired of all local educators, I bow deeply from the waist. Thank you, and get your head out of the milk pitcher.
4: <laughs>
10: Sit down, Walter. I'll pour you a glass. Oh, thanks. Would you like something else, Walter? Uh, what have you got? Oh, uh, cereal, eggs, sausage, bacon, toast. That'll be fine. <laughs> Obviously, you haven't
9: had anything to eat since breakfast. Oh, that's right, Miss
10: Brooks. Over an hour ago. <laughs> a growing boy should eat a lot, especially if you want to grow up and be big and strong like Hopalong Cassidy.
9: If Hopalong Cassidy ate like Walter, he'd never make it to the saddle.
4: <laughs>
10: that's a good one. <laughs> I'll go fix a nice plate for you, Walter. <clears throat> oh, uh, how do you take your eggs? Four in the mouth and six intravenously.
4: <laughs> Gosh, Miss
2: Brooks, you make me sound like a pig. Uh, just scramble a few with some bacon and sausages, Mrs. Davis, please. All right, dear. Well, this is great. What better way to start <clears throat> off the day than a resounding second breakfast with my favorite school teacher? For a kid who's going to school on Saturday, you sound pretty chipper, Walter. Ah, but that's where you're wrong, Miss Brooks. I'm not going to school today. None of the students are. We held a mass meeting last night and decided that the only course to pursue was open rebellion. What? The issues are clear, Miss Brooks. If we let old Marblehead haul us into school today... Now,
9: just a minute, Walter. I won't have you referring to the principal of our school in such a disrespectful manner. I'm
2: sorry, Miss Brooks, but... Don't you see, if we submit to his demand that we attend school on Saturday, what's to prevent him from dragging us down on Sunday? Or even holidays? Oh, I can just picture it. Christmas weekend comes. Everybody's off having fun. But our principal decrees that we must spend every day of our vacation in school. Old Marblehead wouldn't dare. Don't you worry, Miss Brooks. Even though we all recognize this for the tyranny that it is, it is a short lived tyranny. Our spokesman, elected unanimously at last night's meeting, will see to that. Spokesman? Whom did you elect? Let me be the first to congratulate you. logical choice, may I add, to slay the tyrants. Now, wait a second, Walter. It just
9: happens that I didn't renew my card in the tyrant slayers' union. I'm in enough
2: hot water now for canceling school yesterday. Well, that was different. It was an emergency, a plus which nobody was there anyway. But don't worry about it now. We can plan our campaign on the way down to school. I thought you said you weren't going. Of course I'm going. I'm in charge of the picket line. <laughs> the organizers of this rebellion, it's up to me to see that the protest meeting this morning goes off without a flaw. Are you sure you've got the eyebrows for this kind of work? <laughs> oh, we've got a great program lined up, Miss Brooks. Some of the kids are bringing a dummy down so we can hang Mr. Conklin in effigy.
9: But, Walter, that's a pretty violent way of protesting.
2: Oh, it'll all be in fun. Sort of. <laughs> well, even Mr. Conklin's daughter Harriet's on our side. So, here's the plan, Miss Brooks. First, we're going to have one last talk with Mr. Conklin. Then we're going to go out and hang the dummy. Well, what do you think of the scheme? It's a dandy, Walter. Of course, it would be more effective
9: if you had one last talk with the dummy and then went out... Oh, there I go with that wishful thing. <laughs> Miss Brooks? For a group who decided not to come to school today, there's quite a crowd on the campus. I wonder where Stretch Snodgrass is. Uh, he's supposed to carry the dummy over to the flagpole. As Madison's star athlete, he deserves the honor, but let me offer a word of caution, Walter.
2: Uh, what's that, Miss Brooks?
9: Well, I don't want to cast any aspersions on Stretch's mentality, but if he's carrying the dummy, be very careful who you string up.
2: LAUGHTER Hiya,
3: Stretch. Hiya, Walter. Hello, Miss Brooks. Hello, Stretch. I made up a slogan for one of the picket signs, Walter, but I'm afraid it might be a teeny-weeny bit disrespectful. Want to hear it? Sure. How does it go? It goes, Mr. Conklin is very unfair. I'm going to wash that guy right out of my hair.
2: Uh, I don't think a slogan like that's too disrespectful to you, Miss Brooks. Not if you
9: want to finish your education in another part of the state.
3: (laughs) The real fun will come later, Miss Brooks. We're going to hang Mr. Conklin in a figgy.
9: A what?
2: In a figgy.
9: Will he fit in a figgy? <laughs> oh,
4: you
2: no, know, he means in effigy, Miss Brooks. Oh, I kind of liked it the other way. Yeah, I better get the thing now. I'll see you later, Miss Brooks. Bye, Walter. Uh, so long, pal. Well, everything's rolling right along. Uh, let's see if Mr. Coughlin got here yet. <clears throat> Hello, Miss Brooks. Walter, well, I just talked to Daddy, and he's livid. He blames you for the entire insurrection, Miss Brooks. Me? I tried to reason with him. I even told him that you weren't present when we named you our spokesman, although it was a foregone conclusion that you'd accept the honor with great enthusiasm. That's getting me off the hook. Daddy says if you hadn't canceled school yesterday, this wouldn't have happened. You're in an awful spot. Gosh, I didn't mean to get you into such a jam, Miss Brooks. Well, I'm in it, and it's up to
9: me to get out of it. Please don't think I'm a Benedict Arnold, but I'd better get up on the school steps and have a little talk with some of these strikers.
2: Well, it probably won't do any good, but I can't blame you for trying. Students! Uh,
9: Boys and girls, I'd like to talk to you for just a moment. Quiet, please. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm sure you all have as much pride in your school as any members of the faculty have, or as its principal, Mr. Conklin, has. Uh, Please. Please. I'm just trying to tell you that by working for a few hours today, we can be prepared to launch our new semester on Monday with a minimum of confusion, thus assuring us of a better start toward that degree of scholastic excellence which has always prevailed at Madison High, Remember, students, education is your sacred heritage, your guaranteed right under the Constitution, as well as the Bill of Rights, which ensures us all of the benefits and privileges which every American has come to feel.
0: And so, Miss Brooks, I hold you personally responsible for for the fact that these malcontents are not in their classrooms yet.
9: But, Mr. Conklin, I really tried... Uh,
0: Excuse me. This is Osgood Conklin's office Mr. Conklin himself speaking Hello Conklin This is Mr. Stone at the Board of Education Oh, oh hello Mr. Stone How's everything? I have no time for chit-chat a rather disturbing rumor has reached me to the effect that you've summoned your student body to school today. My student body? You realize, of course, that such an action on your part without sanction from the board would constitute a breach of authority that could lead to your immediate dismissal? Uh, uh, yes, yes, of course. Now, I can't for the life of me imagine where these ridiculous rumors begin. Why, I'm here all alone. Not another soul in the office. <laughs> Bless you. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, sir. My uh, cat has a cold. Uh, But uh, about that rumor, the only reason I'm in the office is to get out some letters. Good, good. I thought you had better sense than to do anything that autocratic. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, Osgood, I'll be in your neighborhood in a little while. Perhaps I'll drop in to discuss some board matters with you. Fine, Mr. Stone. That'll be just grand. I'll look forward to seeing you. Very well. Goodbye, Osgood. Goodbye, Mr. Stone. Well, Miss Brooks, sometimes everything happens for the best. Because of you, no child has set foot in this building as yet, is that right?
9: I guess not, Mr. Conklin, but if you'll just wait Uh, until I...
0: I'll be frank with you, Miss Brooks. If they had come in, it could have meant my dismissal. I don't understand Mr. Stone's attitude, but... Well, go out to your youthful charges and inform them that there is no school today.
9: Oh, fine, Mr.
2: Conklin. You did it, Miss Brooks. I didn't think you could do it, but you did it.
0: What are you talking about, Denton?
2: Oh, she was wonderful, Mr. Conklin. Miss Brooks made a speech a few minutes ago that'll go down in Madison's history. Yes, sir, every student is in his or her classroom right now. (laughs) And believe me, Mr. Conklin, wild horses couldn't drag them out of this school today.
4: (laughs)
0: Well, Miss Bruce. <laughs> you heard the boy. Thanks to your speech, wild horses couldn't drag them out of school today. And now, young woman, may I ask what you propose to do?
9: Step aside, Mr. Conklin. <laughs>
1: Colgate Dental Cream has been proved to contain all the necessary ingredients, including an exclusive patented ingredient for effective daily dental care. Get Colgate Dental Cream today. Big economy size,
0: only 59 cents. Always use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay before it starts. Remember, no other dentifrice offers proof of such results.
9: Well, I told Walter Denton to corral the students and herd them into the cafeteria. While I was waiting for them to assemble, I corralled Mr. Boynton and herded him into a corner table. Over a cup of coffee, I told him of Mr. Conklin's dilemma. As usual, Mr. Boynton was extremely sympathetic. So you see, if these kids don't go home at once, Mr. Conklin can get in big trouble with the board.
11: Well, that's his worry. Oh, he should have known better than to ask students to come to school on Saturday. Let alone the faculty.
9: I wish he would let alone the faculty. (laughs) But we're in it now. At least I am. Up to our necks. At least my neck. Fine English teacher. (laughs) Uh,
11: Well, I I don't like to see you distressed about it. Uh, Look, when we do leave here, how about going someplace? Just the two of us.
9: What sort of place did you have in mind, Mr. Boynton?
11: Well, I don't know. It's Uh... a
9: date. (laughs)
11: I thought maybe you'd enjoy the the zoo again today. Now, I understand they've got a yak over there that's over 60 years old.
9: Honestly?
11: Yeah. That's pretty old for a yak, you know.
9: Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Then old yaks are so much more fun than young yaks, don't you think? (laughs) Don't you care? I know I don't. (laughs)
2: Well, I got most of the kids in, Miss Brooks. Oh, hi, Mr. Boynton.
4: Oh, hello,
2: Walter. I'll hold this chair for you, Miss Brooks. Go ahead, get up on it and make your speech. Thanks, Walter. Uh, students, attention, please.
4: Well, was... right.
2: well, heard... I've called you here for
9: some very good news. You don't have to stay in school today.
3: We don't have to... oh, but, Miss Brooks, after your speech of this morning, we want to stay. Don't you believe it.
9: This, after all, is Saturday, a holiday one to which you are not only entitled by law, but which is guaranteed to you by the Constitution. <laughs> by the Bill of Rights and every other document, so carefully prepared to safeguard the interest of you, the future leaders
4: of our
11: nation. Hello?
0: Hello, Osgood. This is Mr. Stone. I'm afraid I won't be able to drop in on you today after all. My wife's been driving my car all week and it's pretty well shot. Yes. Yes, I've seen her. Your 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 car, that is. Your car. Uh, I'm sorry you can't drop in, though, Mr. Stone, but when you do pay us a visit, you'll find as smooth a smoother running educational operation as there is in this country. I'm sure of it, Osgood. Well, goodbye for now. Goodbye, sir, and thanks for calling. Uh, come in.
9: It's me, Mr. Conklin. I told the students that they can go home anytime they want to.
0: What? Have they left yet?
9: No, sir. Most of them are still in the cafeteria, but they're... They're going
0: to, to pay for this morning's protest meeting. Mr. Stone isn't coming down after all. So you can just tell those recalcitrant mischief-makers that they're staying here today until 4 p.m.
9: But, Mr. Conklin, I can't make another speech. It's an order,
0: Miss Brooks.
10: Yes, Miss. <laughs>
9: by working for a few hours today, we can be assured of a better start toward that degree of scholastic excellence which has always prevailed at Madison High. Remember, students, education is your safe <laughs> and your <laughs> guaranteed right under the Constitution, as well as the Bill of Rights, which ensures us all the benefits and privileges which every
2: Stretch. I don't like to cross Miss Brooks up, but we just gotta get out of school today. But
3: well, we're all on detention, Walter. We gotta stay till 4 p.m. What makes me mad? We didn't even get to burn Mr. Conklin in a figgy. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know it's stretching. Hey, wait a minute. You just gave me an idea. Suppose we had a fire drill. Then when we all ran out of school, we could just forget to stop running until we got home.
3: <laughs> yeah, but the control for the fire alarm bell is in Mr. Conklin's office, and he ain't going to ring it for no reason.
2: Then let's give him a reason.
3: You mean start a fire?
2: No, no, not a real fire, Stretch. A fake one. We can get some dry ice in the cafeteria kitchen and drop it in a bucket of water. Oh, that makes the most beautiful smoke you ever saw. And then we just fan it under old Marblehead's door until it fills his office.
3: Then he comes out of his door and hits us with the bucket.
2: No, no, he doesn't. We remove the screws from his doorknob from the outside. And then when he tries to open the door, the knob comes away in his hand, and Conklin falls right on his conk.
3: Boy, you should get a scholarship. (laughs)
0: So, Miss Brooks, you've informed the student body that they're all under detention until four?
9: Yes, sir, I did. But suppose Mr. Stone does come over and discovers that you're keeping us all in school on a holiday.
0: Ah, but he won't, Miss Brooks. He has no way to get here. His car broke down.
9: Suppose he decided to walk over.
0: Walk over? That's ridiculous. Well, hello, Mr. Conklin. Mr. Stone. I decided to walk over.
9: That's ridiculous. (laughs) uh, Hello, Mr. Stone. How are you?
0: Fine, thanks, Miss Brooks. I uh, would have been here sooner, Osgood, but I dozed off for a few minutes in the park. I stopped to rest on my favorite bench, the one under Paul Revere's statue. Uh, That is an extremely comfortable bench.
9: Such nice, soft slats.
0: Uh, tell me, Miss Brooks, uh, what brought you to old Madison today?
9: Old Mr. Conklin. Uh, that is, Mr. Conklin asked me to type some letters for him.
0: Uh, yes, yes, that's it. She's typing some letters for me. But, uh, I don't see any typewriter in here. Uh, well, it's in the next room. In the next room?
9: I have very long arms. <laughs> Now that we've finished, Mr. Conklin, why don't you drive Mr. Stone home instead of remaining in this stuffy old, empty old school? A
0: splendid idea. Come along, Mr. Uh, no, Stone. not so fast. How's good? There are several things... That, uh, what's that? Uh, there must be someone loitering in the hall. Impossible. There's no one in school today. But I would swear I... I just saw that door nod turning.
9: Turning into what? <laughs> and, and what's
0: that swirling in under the door?
9: Oh, that's nothing but smoke.
0: Yes, that, that's all it is. Just smoke. Oh, of course. That's all it is. Smoke.
9: Smoke! <laughs> Good
0: heavens, the school's on fire. Let's get out of here. Follow me. Well, oh!
9: <laughs> the door knocked
0: him away in his hand.
9: Oh, let me help you up, Mr. Stone. Mr. Stone. He fell on the back of his head, Mr. Conklin. He's unconscious.
0: Quick, quick, Miss Brooks. Crawl through the window and run around and open the door from the outside. I'll try to revive Mr.
9: <laughs> yes, sir. The
0: <laughs> smoke's getting pretty thick in here. I can hardly see you, Miss Brooks.
9: I can't see you at all, Mr. Conklin. <clears throat> I never could.
3: <laughs> Gosh, Waller. We've been fanning smoke under that door for five minutes now, and he ain't rung the fire alarm yet.
2: Relax, Stretch. With the fog he's in, it'll take him a little while to notice the smoke.
3: You don't think Mr. Conklin has become exfiexicated, do you?
2: No,
9: that would be too much to hope for.
3: But if he is exfiexicated, maybe we ought to open the door and haul him out of there.
9: Please, let's not spoil a perfectly good exfiexication.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Brooks! We're cooked. Oh, it's not a real fire, Miss Brooks. It's just... Dry ice and water, see? We were trying to get Mr. Conklin to ring the fire alarm so we could escape from school in the confusion. Oh, there's a lot you can do on Saturday on the outside.
3: Gosh, Miss Brooks, now that you caught us, what are you going to do?
2: Hand me that
9: newspaper. I'll fan the smoke for a while.
3: (laughs) Gee, you're a swell sport, Miss
9: Brooks. You think you'll ring the alarm pretty soon? Maybe he needs a little encouragement. Keep up your courage, Mr. Conklin. I'm fighting my way through the flames. going to rise out old Marble Head.
3: Oh, go ahead, Miss Brooks. Scare him some more.
9: I'm trying to reach you, Mr. Conklin, but the heat is terrific.
0: Perhaps I could get you a nice cool lemonade, Miss Brooks.
9: <laughs> oh, not right now. Thanks. I've got to keep fanning this dry ice and the <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, Miss Brooks, if you're quite finished fighting your way through the flames...
2: You got here in the nick of time, Mr. Conklin. I just put the fire out. Yeah, me too. Well, I better be getting back to my classroom now. Yeah, me too. Stand where you are, you culprits! Why, Mr. Conklin, you should thank these boys
9: for what they've done. Thank them? Certainly. When Walter and Stretch realized the trouble you'd get into with Mr. Stone, they took this means of detaining him until the students were cleared out.
3: Sure. As
0: long as Mr. Stone is locked in there, you're safe. Hand me that newspaper. I'll fan the smoke for a while.
4: Here you are, Mr. Conklin.
0: Yes, Pour some more water on that dry ice, Snodgrass. You, Denton, see that all the classrooms are emptied and report back to me.
2: Yes, sir. I'll clear them out nothing flat.
0: <laughs> Mr. Stone will have to get up pretty early in the morning to outsmart old Marblehead. <laughs> uh,
2: <Oscar> I'll <Conklin. laughs> be
9: getting enough smoke under the door, Mr. Conklin.
0: Oh, well, this newspaper's too flexible. Get me something firmer to fan the smoke with. Perhaps you'd like to use my hat, Mr. Conklin?
4: <laughs>
0: thank you, Mr. Stone, thank you. That should work much better than this. Thank
4: you, Mr. Stone! Mr. Conklin,
0: I will discuss this matter with you privately in your office. But, Mr. Stone... Follow me, sir. <laughs> oh! Mr.
4: Stone!
9: The dawn of It
0: came away in his hand again. Mr. Stone, say something. He's unconscious. Miss Brooks, what do I do now?
9: In an emergency like this, there's only one thing to do. Run, do not walk to the nearest employment agency.
1: (laughs) Steve Arden is our Miss Brooks, returns in just a moment, but first... Dream girl, dream girl Beautiful luster cream girl
0: Tonight, yes, tonight Show him how much lovelier your hair can look After a luster cream shampoo Luster cream, world's finest shampoo No other shampoo in the world Gives K. Dumit's magic blend of secret ingredients Plus gentle lanolin Not a soap, not a liquid Luster cream shampoo leaves hair three ways lovelier Fragrantly clean, free of loose dandruff
1: A uh, Lost Her Cream Shampoo. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks.
9: Well, after Mr. Stone knocked himself out for the second time, I did some pretty fast thinking and came up with a desperation tactic. Recalling his remark that he had dozed on a park bench, I enlisted the aid of Mr. Boynton, and we hauled the head of the board over to the statue of Paul Revere.
11: Oh, he's still out cold, Miss Brooks. I'll try the smelling salts again. There.
9: Put them away, Mr. Boynton. He's coming, too. Wake up, Mr. Stone. Wake up. Huh?
0: What's that? Oh, Miss Brooks. About that fire. If you'll step into Mr. Conklin's office, I... Mr. Conklin's office? Where is it? Good heavens, the school is burned down.
9: School? What school?
0: Now, listen, Miss Brooks, when I first saw you today...
9: Today? Why, I haven't seen you in two weeks, Mr. Stone. Since there was no school today, Mr. Boynton and I decided to stroll through the park.
11: Yes, sir. And when we saw you dozing, we thought we'd better awaken you before you rolled off that
0: bench. Bench? What? I, oh, I do remember stopping to rest, but I... Oh, what a nightmare I've just had.
9: <laughs> oh, maybe you'd better go home and get some real rest, Mr. Stone. Uh,
0: excellent suggestion. I'll go right home and I... Wait a minute. Uh, what's the matter? How did I get this doorknob in my hand?
11: (laughs) Doorknob?
9: Oh, that. That must have fallen from Paul Revere's statue. (laughs) From Paul Revere's statue? Of course. With the British coming, he was in an awful rush. Next
0: week, tune in another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable
1: hair and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Bill Johnstone, and Leonard Smith.
0: Doctors prove palm olive soap can bring you a lovelier complexion in 14 days. Yes, 36 leading skin specialists proved, in tests on 1,285 different women, that palm olive soap facials, using nothing but palm olive, brought new complexion beauty to two women out of three. Just wash your face three times daily with palm olive soap, each time for 60 seconds, massaging palm olive's beauty lather onto your skin. Then rinse. So start your palm olive facials today. Remember, doctors prove palm olive soap can bring you a lovelier complexion in 14 days. Today, more than ever before, America's security depends upon us as individuals. And if we really care what happens to us, our children, our country, we must at any cost defy vicious racial and religious biases from those around us. For unless we do, we will be a people divided. Our claims of freedom and democracy only empty gestures. Let's work together as a team to keep the freedom we all enjoy.
1: For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North, the exciting, fun-packed adventures of an amateur detective and his beautiful wife. Tune in Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at this same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
5: We're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Paul with Pete and Dave and our guest co-host Kelly. That was School on Saturday, an episode of Our Miss Brooks, originally broadcast January 20th, 1950 on CBS. Dave and Kelly, this was your selection for this installment. What made you choose it?
7: Uh, I think saying our selection is probably a little bit generous. Uh, David has been doing this, you know, he's been doing this podcast for a little bit now, and I've just been saying, do Armas Brooks and have me on as a guest. (laughs) But, uh, so this this is our selection, and, okay, I have to take a moment to take a deep breath, because I love Eve Arden. I love her. I think she is very talented, and she really displays that. In this radio program, and I think that, like I said, I'm not a huge old-time radio fan, so the fact that I find her character still compelling and interesting and engaging, you know, what, 69 years after this episode first aired, I think that that's really powerful and meaningful so that was and this school on a Saturday encompasses for me so much of what I love about the show the fact that the writing is really tightly done and the jokes are all just on point and the actors make the jokes sound like like they are your wittiest fastest friend nothing ever I, I don't necessarily see the jokes coming and nobody steps on one another and I need to Take a break in my enthusiasm and let David talk a little bit.
6: So. No, no, we like it. No, we, we like, like that. Well, don't we like me? that a
8: lot. Yeah, for me, this is um, this is a show that I kind of missed out on as a kid. I listened to a fair number of old-time radio comedies like Jack Benny, uh, Duffy's Tavern a lot. But for whatever reason, our Miss Brooks just um, flew under the radar, and I never really was exposed to it as a kid. And so I kind of got into it when uh, quarantine started earlier this year. I got into it, and then I realized, oh, Kelly would definitely like this show. And so when we were stuck at home, we would just pull it up on YouTube. There'd be, you know, these uploads that would have multiple episodes put together, so you could just press play, and it would be our Miss Brooks for the next, you know, two or three hours. (laughs) And so uh, in this episode in particular, I just, even before it sort of became, uh, you know, tied in with current events with, you know, all the controversy surrounding kids going back to school, it just it was kind of on my personal favorites list and it seemed even more appropriate just because of uh like i said what's going on in the world right now so i wanted to bring it to the table and i wanted to talk with you guys about you know a comedy for a change
6: all right good well i i think is it's a good choice is there something um, going on in
5: the world right now <laughs>
6: <laughs> no not much oh okay <laughs> well i have a kid in school so it's very pertinent for me and he's in high school about to start his senior year so Uh, I'm already saying, you're not going back to school. You're not going to set foot in that school, no matter what the school district says. And so we'll see what happens. We will. I have to admit, I have heard of Miss Brooks. I have seen uh, a few episodes of the TV show. So I can't remember when I saw him, probably when I was in the Navy. And then I uh, have heard a few snippets of episodes but never really sat down and listened to a full episode of of the radio show. And I have to say, I really missed a lot by not listening to it, because I enjoyed the hell out of this. I really did. From the very beginning, when (laughs) I'm listening to it, and, of course, I love Eve Arden's voice. She has that wonderful, uh, dry, sardonic wit uh, she can just say anything, and it's funny because she just says it in that relay, you know, that, that. <laughs> and it's natural for her. She never it she it never seems put on. It never seems uh, fake. It's always there. She was that way in at the circus. She was that way in Mildred Pierce, and of course that way every week on Our Miss Brooks. But <laughs> from the very beginning, when she's talking to her landlady, and um, she says that um, one of these days you're going to find a feather beside my empty bed. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed so hard at that because that is a direct line to a song that was popular at the time, "Cry of the Wild Goose," from Frankie Lane. <laughs> it says, "My heart knows what the wild goose knows." It was just a just a really funny for me. Later on, you hear stretch and he's mangling the English language. That was so great. We're gonna hang Mr.
5: Conklin in a figgy. <laughs> he goes, yeah, when she goes and me an English teacher.
4: <laughs> yeah, because she. I wrote, she I wrote down
8: my favorite joke and or the, my favorite one-liner from this, and it's involving him when uh, when Connie Brooks says. Uh, if he's carrying the dummy, be careful who you string up. Right.
7: Oh, I'm <laughs> that same one, David.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
6: so he had a stretch. out a couple of really good ones. He had uh, the hang in the figgy, and then uh, they're going to suffer from hixication <laughs> <laughs> And what made it funnier is that that Miss Brooks came in afterwards and said, "Well, he's going to suffer from axbyhickication too, or something like that." It was just, it was just great. So all the way through, a wonderful. Uh, Zinger's wonderful timing on everybody. I mean, the kids, of course, they're all adults playing teenagers, but uh, um, the guy who played Walter was uh, Richard Krenna, or they bill him as Dick Krenna, but he later became, as an adult, he was Richard Krenna. Wonderful uh, character actor. Uh, Jeff Chandler as Mr. Boynton, who was the handsome, rugged, gray haired, uh, prematurely gray leading man in so many wonderful films. And as Mr. Stone he died in a weird way, sorry, I had to throw that in. He did. He did. Yeah. He died in a weird way. Um, and died pre. He was prematurely gray and prematurely dead. That's for sure, because he's only in his <laughs> 40s when he passed away. But did you recognize the voice of Mr. Stone from the school board? Uh, Bill Johnstone, right? Bill Johnstone, right? One of the play- One of the actors who played the shadow for a while. So that was uh, that was really good to recognize his voice. And of course, Gail Gordon. You as, can't miss Gail as Principal Gordon, Conklin. You just, you got to love that man for his comic timing. He was wonderful oh, in this show. He was wonderful in Fibber McGee and Molly as uh, as the mayor. He was wonderful in the Lucy show in the '60s. Oh man, just fantastic! And you can always recognize his voice. There was nobody who sounded like Gail Gordon. So for me, I yeah, just all the way around. I'm glad you chose this, YouTube because it was a lot of fun to listen to. And even better the second time because I missed some of the jokes the first time around. So it was really good. I wanted to point out that at the very end of the show, there's a public service message about fighting racism, which I felt is uh, still pertinent today, still a valid message and something that I will probably – copy and start playing at the end of my own uh, audio drama podcast it's just so pertinent it's very valid but that's me paul what do you think of
5: it well i gotta agree with you pete I, I i know eve arden but i don't know her from a whole hell of a lot i remember from uh the old tv show the mother-in-laws yeah that was good Do you remember that one with yeah. Kay ballard that that's where i used that's where i first was being italian Got the uh, hand gestures that Kay Ballard used to do with the biting of the hand and the under the chin. <laughs> That's where I got that stuff from in the first place. And Eva Arden and like you said, perfect voice. I mean, you listen to her in this and because she's mostly delivering zingers a lot of times, yeah. And her voice is just perfect for that. And the thing that I thought was strange is you could tell that she was, you know, this was in a time when. The, the women weren't thought of equals as much as they are today, and she was just an employee versus, you know, being up the food chain a little bit further, because whenever Gail Gordon said something, she did it. As opposed to nowadays, it'd be kind of like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I, just, I thought for how uh, acerbic she was and tongue-in-cheek and not just back-in-their-face kind of stuff, I thought it was kind of funny how she just decided, you know, she would go with what they told her to do.
6: I well, just yeah, that was, and, and part that of That was is, kind
5: of funny. It was more of its time.
6: Yeah, and part of that is to to bring on the laughs because she said that we had, well, of course we had a choice. It's come to school or or
5: die. <laughs> 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 and, uh, uh, and just the way they would do some things because you would listen to the part where uh, they're out there. Fanning the smoke under the oh door. Yeah, and she's talking, and then uh, Mar—was <laughs> it marble pants? They called him or marble Marblehead. Marble head. Marble head. And he's and he says his, thing, and then she startles her. And then while he's saying that, Mr. Stone was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shows up and startles the uh, the principal, and it was just and you saw it. You know, I guess nowadays we're more into seeing it coming than they were back then. I don't know because it was fresher then, but. It's like you knew it was coming, but you were just wondering how they were going to do their startled bit after, you know, somebody just delivered almost like two whole lines to them, but they still come back with a startled response. Yeah. And they all pulled it off, you know, beautifully. And, yeah. you, you know, the, the the timing was just like this on that thing. It was great. Yeah. Really well done.
7: I actually think one of the things that appeal, like one of the reasons I love Armis Brooks is the fact that they managed to bring that freshness to comedic tropes, you know? So when you're standing outside of an office and you're talking, you know, you're saying something about someone and they walk up behind you, the fact that they managed to make that feel fresh or the fact that they like weekend at Bernie's to this guy back into the park And like waited there for him to wake up, and I was still laughing while while it was (laughs) happening. I think that that is really appealing in a radio show, and it it's it just feels so unexpected because you know the show is as old as it is. So the fact that they can make those tropes feel light and funny, I think, is very impressive.
6: Well, yeah, and for me, I did not see it coming, and I was so when I heard it the first time, and I was I was surprised by. Not by Miss Brooks, because she, I knew she would be out there, uh, but but I was surprised by uh, Mr. Conklin and then Miss Brooks's reaction. Then I was surprised by Mr. Stone, because he was apparently passed out uh, unconscious in the office, and all of a sudden he's awake and he's outside. But it was good. It's more of a surprise on radio, because on a TV show, they would pan to that person walking up and the other person not seeing it. So the laugh right. came... Yeah. At the same time as the reaction, you didn't have that anticipatory giggle while you're waiting for that person to discover. Everybody
8: gets surprised at the same time, so I really thought that worked very well. Yeah, I have to admit, I haven't seen any of. I haven't seen the Armis Brooks movie, and I have not seen any of the uh, television episodes. Like, do you guys feel that it translated pretty well, or, or I guess Paul, you haven't. Uh, this is your first time being exposed to armist brooks but i think pete you mentioned having seen the uh tv series right yeah i did see some episodes of the
6: tv series probably in the 80s and it did translate well to to tv because they had the classroom they had the office they had uh, the original the same actors definitely eve arden and gail gordon were there a different guy playing mr boynton can't remember who it was, but he was equally handsome, you know, and, and unavailable the way Jeff Chandler was on the radio show. <laughs> and so uh, it, it worked really well because Eve Arden's face is so good as well. You hear her voice, right. but when you see it on the TV show, you can also see her expression that goes along with the voice, and it's just wonderful all the way around. And the woman who played her landlord was also appropriately middle-aged and short, shorter than Miss Brooks and and just the kindly old aunt-type character uh, and so on. So it, it worked really well, and I can see why it was a hit on TV as well as on the radio.
7: I think one of the other things for me that I really love about this show is how well Gail Gordon and Eve Arden play off of one another. There is just so much <laughs> chemistry there. I think if it were another actor playing Mr. Conklin and blowing his gasket as often as he blows his gasket in an episode, I don't know if it would work as well. I just think that the two of them are really great together. And, I uh, again, it's something I really appreciate about the show.
6: I agree. The cast was very well chosen, for sure. They were very on point. It would yeah. not have been the same without uh, those characters, for sure, those actors playing those characters. Good. Any other discussion? Anything else to add, anybody?
7: Can I just share my favorite line from the show? was when Miss Brooks is told she frequently throughout the show gets these very dubious honors given to her by her students. It's sort <laughs> of one of the running gags on the show. So she gets told she is now uh, she's the tyrant slayer, and her immediate <laughs> comeback is, I think I forgot to renew my card in the tyrant slaying union, and I was just like... This is perfect <laughs> radio right here.
6: <laughs> I think I missed that. I don't remember her saying that, but uh, oh, it's good. That's a good one. That's a good. One. She had a lot of good lines. A lot of good lines. I like when uh, when Walter shows up and he bows from the waist, and she says, "That's great. Take your face out of the milk pitcher."
5: Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like the way they wrapped it up with dragging the guy all the way out to the park and putting him on the bench. Yeah, I just thought that was a long way to go for the answer, but it really worked well. They did yeah. it; they, they pulled it off uh, spectacularly. What am I doing with this doorknob in my hand? Well.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Must have been from Paul Revere. It was a rough <laughs> night. Yeah, so that was good. Excellent choice. I agree. So, uh, if there's nothing else to add. Let's vote. What are we voting on, dear listener? as a reminder we are voting on a whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series and two whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection and again kelly and dave this was your selection so one of you go first on, on the vote
7: yes it is absolutely representative of armist brooks and is a shining example of a really beautiful show uh, and yes, it absolutely belongs in every old time radio aficionado's collection.
5: No, Kelly, really, just, just tell us how you feel. Don't hold back. You don't have to be so conservative. Just you know. I don't know why we asked it. her on the show. She's just
6: so yeah. dull. <laughs> What's the matter with her?
7: You should see me. You should see me when there's an episode of something I don't like. I am equally as. We'll you know, have to bring you back yeah. for something
6: you don't like then. <laughs> We want to hear that.
5: Ooh. Ooh. Hey, how about our old episode with the I stab you? You see the blood coming out of the hole. In we'll have stomach. to
6: bring back another episode of uh, of, of Lights Out so, <laughs> so she can give her opinion of that. That would be classic. Yeah. Dave, what's your opinion? What's your vote? I concur with Kelly. All right. All Good. Good. They're sitting next to each other on the sofa, folks. So it's like he would have gotten an elbow in the throat, probably.
5: <laughs> Paul, that's it. As I concur. Okay, no, no. Uh, okay, I was I was waiting for a little bit more, but that works. Oh no, no, yeah. that, that was that was the bit. So. <laughs> okay, that works. I liked it too. Like I said, this is I've I've known Eve Arden before. Yeah, that sounded wrong. I've listened to, I've seen Eve Arden before and things like Greece and stuff like that, but I never heard the radio show. And so for me to listen to this, it was like, that was really good. You know, because I mean, you listen to so many that you're like, okay, yeah, but this is really well done. You could tell that the people got along well because the timing was there. They're very professional in it. Even though it is so goofy, they're very professional in the way they perform the goofiness, and so <laughs> they do it very well. The timing was excellent when the joke needed to be there; the joke was there. There wasn't any pregnant pauses, there wasn't any stumbling. I mean, she had a couple little bitty stumbles at the very beginning of the show, just a just a couple of partial words and all that, but pfft, that was gone immediately within you know twenty seconds, and it was just a very good show, and I feel like going back and to listen to more
6: episodes of Our Miss Brooks. Yeah, good, good. Well, I concur with Kelly.
7: <laughs> <laughs> also a smart man.
6: <laughs> Seriously, I Think do. I do. It's um, uh, like Paul, I first heard of Eve Arden in the TV show The Mothers-In-Law uh, back in the 60s. I don't remember too much about it other than the names Eve Arden and Kay Ballard because I was a little kid. But as I was growing up and I was watching old movies and I would I would recognize her, Eve Arden, I remember her from the show. And now she was in Mildred Pierce and she was in uh, At the Circus and she was in all these other wonderful movies and other radio shows. I have heard her on uh, the Danny Kay show, the Danny Kay radio show. And I think really if you hold those two together – she was underused on The Danny K Show, and she really got into her own as our Miss Brooks and really was allowed to shine and and come into her um, Eve Arden-ness uh, as, <laughs> as Miss Brooks. So really wonderful here, and, and I do believe it is a, a representative of the overall series and definitely – uh, so funny, so funny, you gotta have it in your collection. So excellent. Good job, everybody for that. So that is uh, everybody's in favor. So uh, um, thumbs up on both of those categories from all of us. Congratulations. Anybody have anything else to say? Okay? I I concur with Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Also a smart man. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Okay. Great. This brings us to the end of Episode 16 of Old Time Radio Essentials, our back-to-school special with Dave Feldman, Paul Arbisi, and me, Pete Lutz. We'd like to thank Essential listener Kelly for joining us for this episode, and we hope you had a good time.
7: Yes, I absolutely did.
6: Yeah, because you, you can't just nod, Kelly. We can't hear your head rattle, as my dad used to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doesn't every case, dad say that? Noise, but... I can't hear your head rattle. <laughs> next time, the cycle comes around to me, and I'll be bringing an episode of another hit comedy series, Fibber, McGee, and Molly. So that's next month on Old Time Radio Essentials. Paul, Dave, and Kelly, tell the masses what they need to know.
5: Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher that you may use by searching under Mutual
8: Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company. Like us on Facebook at Mutual Audio Fans and at Narada Radio Company fans and friends. On Twitter at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, write us at F6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. Put the word essentials in the subject line.
7: And if you'd like to be a guest co-host on a future episode of Old Time Radio Essentials, send a request with a suggested series selection you'd like to discuss with us to that same email address.
6: Okay, it's time to wrap things up. Remember, friends, we're always happy to hear from our listeners, so please do send us feedback and more suggestions. And if you didn't catch our email when Paul spelled it out, look for it in the show notes. And that's it for now, everybody. Join us next time for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now.
5: Bye, kids. Bye. I want to concur with Kelly one more time before we leave. <laughs> Me too. I can't help but concur with Kelly.
7: My life would be so much easier if all men just did this. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I concur.
7: <laughs>
6: you cur, you cur, you're a con. minute 63 audio
0: this is mutual
7: See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.